These are real people. They do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves. I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. She's not a great match for me, and that's okay. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so they can't appreciate, yeah. Dad came upstairs, and then I heard him say, like, it's happened. And I was like, what's happened? It's difficult dealing with our minds. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. I feel like a lot of the friends that I did have have sort of stopped speaking to me because of it. And the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. Not only did this help me to write it, mm. it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. And then she was like, can you tell me a bit about what's going on? So I told her everything and her face dropped. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, and then they want to talk about it. Welcome to the podcast, Abby. Um, and how the fuck are you? <laughs> well, thank, thanks, uh, thanks for having me for, to start with. Um, and thanks for that question. It's made me giggle. Um, I am... Uh, I'm okay. Well, I would give the answer, I'm okay. Let's mm-hmm. put it that way. I'd yeah. give that simple... I'm okay. At the moment, I'm not great, but I'm okay. That, yeah, that, that's think... the way. That's the way I sort of throw that out. It's an honest answer as well, isn't it? I think. And how often do uh, we get asked, like, "Are you okay?" by people? And I think we we might have even br- briefly sort of spoken about this before. I think um, about the the kind of push for conversations to to start to happen around mental health and for people to ask how people are. And I think sometimes we also need to look at what's there already. And we say, people do ask, how are you? Well, like, how are you doing and stuff like that. And kind of, do we give, we don't give enough importance to it. It's used as a greeting more than a conversation piece. But even when it is a conversation, actually, how prepared are we to open up and how prepared are some people to hear that? So... I think actually it's a real natural reaction to go, yeah, I'm okay. And then you sort of think about it a little bit more afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah. It's one of those weird things, isn't it? Because we'll do the whole thing of you'll see someone in the street and you'll go, how are you? Mm. And very often the response is, how are you? It's Mm. never all right or okay it sometimes it's okay but quite often you just fling the question back and you don't even answer it like that's become like a british way of talking and it just yeah it it doesn't it doesn't give you an insight into how someone's actually feeling it's just the sort of throwaway comment you may as well just not waste your breath Mm. and just not bother I, I sometimes think just wave at them or something if you're not interested in having an actual chat with them is how I kind of feel about that 
Yeah, it is, it is a challenge. And I do think a lot of the time, like you say, it's you don't really get a response or the response you get is that kind of false positive reaction. Um, and I think sometimes when you're honest, like someone caught me today at lunch, I, I ran into um, Asda, other stores available, <laughs> um, <laughs> for um, to grab some food. And I saw someone that I used to go to college with um, and I don't think I've, I might have seen them maybe once since then and um, yeah. sort of had a bit of a chat and heard about how she was doing and she kind of asked me all, how are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm getting by. And she was like, oh, it must be better than that. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's all right. It's, it's, yeah, it's yeah exactly. And then quite quickly, we yeah. kind of like, I could tell from her reaction, she kind of cared, but at the same time, she was working. But she didn't want to have the conversation. Yeah, she was like, yeah, it's yeah. not. And, and that was completely okay. I kind of got enough from her that it was like, oh, if you want to talk another time, but just like, I don't have time now kind of thing, which is actually more, <laughs> to be honest, it's more than I get from a lot of people. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's true. It, it it will be, won't it? Sometimes mm. you get nothing. So at least you've got like a glimmer of sort of a glimpse of interest. But normally it is just nothing, isn't it? Yeah. And it's, yeah, I don't think there's anything. Oh, I don't know. I guess you kind of get stuck into that spot where it's it's also acknowledging you don't have to be able to talk to everyone about everything. No, but, no, definitely. But I think we're we're a long way away from being near that, so probably don't worry too much about that. Yeah, um, yeah, I know, I know. I just I sometimes find myself though, even the people who I do have deep and meaningful conversations with and I do open up to even them at the moment I'll go oh no it's okay I'm fine like I could be chatting to friends I could be chatting to Jodie or whatever Hmm. who is obviously a friend I don't know why I put her in a separate box but um (laughs) My celebrity friend. She's not. <laughs> yeah, she's not a friend. <laughs> but like, I could, I could be chatting to those and, and still go like, still sort of cut them off. And I think that's when, I think that's the difference is when I know the which level of sort of, of lowness I'm at. Whether I'm at the point of like, I'm just gonna say that I'm fine to acquaintances, or I'm just gonna say that I'm fine to like people who I'd actually normally say something too and I think Mm. that's the kind of yeah kind of how I sort of differentiate between the two and I think I don't know do you feel like you've found out more about what you're comfortable with or not comfortable with through doing the different stuff that you do obviously you're um you're studying mental health or, or nursing or something along those lines aren't you I'm yeah, I'm studying children's nursing and okay. surprisingly because I think people forget that children go up to the age of 17. Mm. I mean, people who don't work with youth, you forget that. And like, so I do experience a lot of sort of teenagers with mental health issues, but we don't get any mental health training. Okay. Um, so yeah, I do, I do notice that even though I'm doing children's nursing, that that does come about quite a bit. Um, and it's, yeah, it makes it harder for uh, for me to feel like I can have issues when I'm meant to be the one. It's like, 
I won't allow myself to have any issues, but they they can because mm. I'm looking after them. But I I sort of stigmatise myself and be like, I can't. I'm not allowed to. What sort of age group are you with then? Are you with all the way through, or is there a particular age group that you're looking to focus with? Um. So what when I qualify? Yeah. Or or at the moment. So when I qualify, I kind of. I'm kind of stuck between babies but babies obviously you have the thing of the maternal mental health so the mental health of the mother yeah. or the or even the dad um or, or um school nursing so teenagers oh, okay and in, into that area so I'd have both either way but um yeah so I'm kind of looking to stay in that kind of thing because it's yeah to me it's really important managed to cover like two completely separate boxes as well which is really interesting because it's like I suppose there's not much flexibility or movability between the two like you kind of have to go for one or the other at some stage yeah yeah so I I I I will have to (laughs) at, at the end pick something and what I pick I don't know yet but but because I've already managed to experience both in my training with mm. my placements so I was on a ward to start with where I did zero to um 17 year olds but I experienced a lot of teenage mental health stuff there and now I'm doing health visiting so I'm seeing a lot of mums who are who have got mental health issues or just who are having mental health difficulties at the moment because they've just had a baby and because it's all over the place and it's scary and their hormones are everywhere and things like that so it I've covered it in both but they're very different things obviously (laughs) they're very different jobs Mm. with their similarities I suppose it's it's really interesting as well to kind of see that um almost in itself like the opposite side of some of the other stuff you do with the campaigning with time to change and kind of seeing that sort of frontline service of these are some of the people that are affected by um poor well-being or poor mental health or mental health illnesses and actually the different ways that it can affect like you say um young people that are starting to form ideas about who they are and what life is going to be like for them um and also parents that are in a situation that um are especially the first time they're a parent that just so alien and so unknowing and so unsure um can be a massive shock to the system so they're two quite potentially traumatic i guess stages in life um potentially really rewarding as well um but I guess being able to see actually these are the these are the potential trigger points for for stuff to happen um, makes I guess I don't know it depends on what your view is um, that stuff that you do have time to change you can see why that's so important because you're seeing firsthand yeah. what people can struggle with. Yeah, exactly. A hundred percent, really. I that's yeah. You, you, I couldn't. I've put it better myself to be honest that that is how like I I can see how important the stuff with times change is when when I see sort of first it's the first time other than having friends 
where I've been on the other side of it and I've been the one having to deal with it and being the actual sort of professional in a way dealing with it that's never happened to me before it's the first time when I've been like not obviously not fully in charge because I'm still only a student but it's like actually no this is kind of my responsibility now and that seems quite scary and it's terrifying because I think back to when people had to deal with me and they and I really feel for them because I'm like how on earth how on earth did they deal with that when I can't when I'm like I don't know what to do for you Mm. like as as a patient or as as a person more so than a patient like what can I do for you there's been there was someone I knew who well who I knew of who came on the ward whilst I was there who had taken an attempt on their life and I was like I don't know there's nothing I can say mm. like all I can do is listen but there's really nothing I can say to help you and it was I went home from that it was the night shift and I went home from that and I just felt so sort of I don't know deflated just like oh my gosh like I was thinking can I still deal with this like and the thing is nothing horrific happened it was just the well obviously him and that incident happened but for that patient to get there but whilst I was there nothing horrific happened but I still went home and just felt just exhausted because I was like I just wish there was more I could do and obviously we we won't fully go into this but obviously there's strains and stresses on the NHS and funding and all of that etc which means that there is less and less that people can do to stop it and the whole although they're trying to fund more money find more money and fund it into sort of preventative measures so hence why when we're health visiting we'll go out and we'll do mental health screening things on our mums to make sure that we catch it early if anything happens so they don't end up needing well in my opinion for me personally the reason we do it is so they don't get hurt so they're not so they don't feel like rubbish so they're not suffering but on the flip side it's also so they can save save money on resources later on down the line so we catch it early Mm. so there so it doesn't develop into something more serious so I think that's kind of quite a positive sign but it's still there's still not enough out there and it's it seems a bit harder to access adult services because they're throwing more into children's whether they're actually doing that I don't know but they're throwing more into children's now so it's harder to access adult services and if you've dipped out of so if you've gone into children's and then as you got older kind of fell in the gap between children's and adults Mm. then getting back into that is really hard so I think it's one of those things yeah. as well when we um, when we talk about the different services. I think um, that's one of the things that I really like about the sort of the group of people that we are around. I guess 
um, is yeah. that there is that acknowledgement of like, yeah, okay, it's not great. The services could be better and there could be more funding for it. But actually, people that are on the front line, um, they're doing as much, if not way more, than they can. Um, and I think that's important to kind of identify as well, that when we talk about um, the doctors, the nurses, um, the the practitioners and the professionals that are involved... Yeah. On the large part, they are doing as much as they can. Yeah. It's a case of your, then, the, 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 yeah. the training isn't there for stuff around mental health or actually exactly. the, the upside, like the upside of the fact that more people are coming forward now with mental health illnesses means that there is a, a lack of service. I don't know if I'm trying in my head to put that positive spin on it of like, no, I, I completely good. understand because the demand has increased because people are trying to get help more. Mm. So then there's less, there's not as much that people can do. And I, I mean, I'm slightly biased here, but our nurses and our doctors and whatever are doing as much as they can do. It's the higher powers that are the issues. The ones who actually don't have any medical training whatsoever that are the issues. <laughs> It's not the ones who are who are on on our front line, mm. even if they don't fully understand and even if they've taken even if they don't fully understand mental health, that's not really their fault. They should have been trained in it. Like although there is some sort of thing of they are autonomous, they can do whatever, like mm. still I would make I would make excuses for them because it is strained and and it's so hard to do stressful. everything because i think yeah i remember talking to someone the other week and um we were talking about oh the great work that doctors and nurses do and stuff like that and we started getting away from like the doctors and nurses and into gps <laughs> and then we yeah. were like bashing G gps and like oh and i i said um it's like well actually isn't, I was like, it's kind of good that you can go into a practice now and go, I'd like to speak to the mental health specialist. I was like, that's great that there's someone that you can go to. But yeah. shouldn't they all be mental health specialists? Um, well, and then it was, there is that argument. It's, it's really hard because it's on on the on on the like the pro campaigner side in my head. I'm like, they should all be qualified they should all be knowledgeable on, on mental health if i go in there with a mental health illness as much as a physical illness they should be able to diagnose and recommend a treatment or signpost me to a, a service but then the thing my... is if you look at it sorry carry yeah. on <laughs> let me finish <laughs> sorry no it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> um then in my practical head i'm like yeah but no one's going to be a specialist in everything. And actually, if you start saying, oh, they should be able to tell you about everything and anything, I don't know where that line goes. And do I want someone that can tell me, have knowledge on 60% of everything or 50% of everything and 90% of a couple of things? So, oh, yeah, I'm, just, I'm really not sure on that one. I, I get you. And I, I think... Although this is kind of the way it is anyway, I kind of see it in, in sort of this way of the thing of a GP should be able to diagnose and treat the common illnesses, so physical illnesses. So then they should also be able to do 
mental illnesses. For example, say the common cold often gets compared or flu gets compared to depression quite a lot in in like the scheme of things when mm. people talk about it. So they should be able to diagnose that and anxiety as the two sort of more common ones. And then maybe a level up to ones that are a bit more complicated. But I never expect them to be able to know everything. Mm. Like, and... I think that's the thing because they, they'd have to do years and years of tra- like On even more of years what they, than they already, already do. do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to be able to do that. Yeah, because so, then you're in a situation where you're, like your your newest just qualified doctor is going to be like 45. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's pretty much what it will get to. <laughs> oh, yeah, great. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, fine. Yeah, okay. Oh, I don't know. Um, so having heard a little bit about your kind of your experience with with the with the nursing and starting to get involved with time to change i don't know if you're happy to kind of talk a little bit about kind of how your journey started and how kind of getting involved in in health and mental health kind of happened yeah so um i i kind of started having sort of issues as it were when i was about sort of 15 mm. um I was with CAMS and was diagnosed with anxiety and depression after self-harming and all sorts of horrible things. And then I, so I was with CAMS for a little bit, who then said, oh no, you're fine, like send sent me away. Um, and then it was near sort of my second year of sit form so in, in total I did three years because of my health um second year of sit form where I was like things got really bad and I had issues around sort of food and my mood was all over the place and my my self-harming was bad and all of this and <clears throat> And in the end, I was, so after forever fighting through mental health services and GPs and doctors who said, there's nothing wrong, there is something wrong, we can't deal with you, you're too severe, we can't deal with you, you're not severe enough, Mm. blah, 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 all of that usual sort of thing. I was diagnosed with um, emotionally unstable personality disorder or BPD, depending on which the most recent one is obviously EUPD, but they're the same thing. They just got reclassified. Um, And then later on, I was also diagnosed with an eating disorder that doesn't really have a name because it was it's just a bit of everything, really. Um, And yeah and so that so I got the labels but I got no help with mm. that and I just kind of plodded along like I'm still plodding along now and it was when I so I lived up in Liverpool for a year once I finished my sit form and mm. studied philosophy which a mentally unstable person probably shouldn't study philosophy because it makes you question everything and question the meaning of life <laughs> I imagine that was uh, an emotional time 
Yeah, and you think, well, what's, what is the point? Yeah. And then, so, so an irrational thought is going, what is the point? And then your, then your lecturer is turning around and goes, so what's the point, guys? Mm. And you're like, well, great. Great. Both, both things are, <laughs> are asking me that question. Um, <laughs> Can so I have a case great. study where I answer with one sentence? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, so it wasn't, it wasn't, great i mean i loved it up north but mm. it was just the course got a bit bit much and i thought well i'll come i'll go and do what i've always wanted to do which was nursing mm-hmm. um i came back down south and started studying nursing but i didn't tell anyone about anything so my my kind of past is my past and it's only recently now that it's kind of gotten out a little bit like people know various things mm. and um yeah and I, I think I find it really difficult because I kind of stigmatize myself and I'm like well I can't tell anyone I'm so scared about things going wrong and them not wanting me on the course anymore because I didn't tell them to start with like that I just don't say anything and mm. I just try and not which has a detrimental effect because like in periods like I am now where I'm a bit like like I spent today I spent the whole day just shaking <laughs> and feeling anxious it's like they're, they're the kind of times where you're like I kind of wish I said something and now it feels too late so I'm sort of stuck in this kind of limbo of I don't know Mm. what I can kind of reveal and what I can't and there's so much sort of stigma around what I've got but it's like you're kind of known and I hate this word but you're kind of known as a psychopath and it's like I don't I don't want to be perceived as that so it's yeah it's complicated I can see that. I can see that. I think, oh, I, t- I can't tell you how much I'm jealous of you doing a philosophy course and how much I feel <laughs> like potentially I would have had the same experience. And I'm like, even knowing, I know. even knowing that, I'm still jealous. <laughs> I know. Well, my whole story kind of started off like the the first time I felt sort of sort of like I'm going to go and speak to someone mm. I went it was in sit form and I went and spoke to my philosophy teacher and I turned around to him and said what is the meaning of life oh. <laughs> in like but I didn't mean it in like a ph- philosophical way yeah. I meant it in like a real way what, yeah so then yeah so then that and then then I went and did it as a degree and I don't know why I thought that would be a brilliant idea because it really wasn't you were continuing to seek the answer you wanted a better yes. answer that's what yeah it was. and they didn't they didn't give it to me so at least you've had I think having had that experience as well and I think kind of empowering you to say look that's something that you at the time wanted to find out or learn more about and you got to the stage where you'd almost you've grown past that um and you wanted something else and I think there's um there are going to be like the negative thoughts of not continuing it but it's also recognizing the positive side of actually no I made a proactive decision to go do you know what there's this other thing that I'm really interested in and actually I think it might be more fulfilling for for 
Yeah. I don't know if interests isn't really the right word, but just generally me, um, I think this is going to be something that I, I get more out of, that I'm able to put more into and is going to be more fulfilling. Um, yeah. And I think that's a that really cool exactly thing. That was exactly what it was. Yeah, that's a really cool thing to recognise. I recognize. needed... I needed something that kind of gave something back to me because mm. philosophy didn't do that. Whereas this is like, I can, I feel like I can make a difference. And I think that's how I spend most of my life because I'm like, if I'm not going to find a meaning, I just need to do something that's worthwhile mm. and like make a difference. And that's, that's kind of how it goes is I need to do something that's going to, gonna change something yeah and i think there's a couple of things that's really interesting points and i think um the like one of the first things i kind of noted down was when you were talking about cams and actually kind of off the back of the stuff that we started talking about the that bit where you sit kind of at the top end of of children and youth and you're not quite an adult and the gap in services and it just depends on where you are as to how much they're able to do with you. Um, yeah. And I think that is really hard and it is a it is a time in people's lives again where, like we said before, that, you know, there are triggers and there are strains and there are points around that sort of 15 to 19, 20, um, that a lot of stuff happens, like people have like their first relationships potentially like their first sexual experiences they might move house they um like leave school and go and work or go to college or go to uni um you um potential like i've seen a few things recently that have kind of hinted at families break up once once the child is like old enough to take after themselves so if they're at college or uni like the family can break up then but when they're at school they yeah, don't but break then up it- it still has just as much of an impact, if not more of an impact, because then someone goes, oh, well, they weren't happy and they yeah. held that together for me. And then then that makes them feel even worse. Yeah, so like you struggled through the last two years just because you didn't want yeah. to break up while I was doing that. Um, so I think there's, there's so much that goes on there. And it's just a shame that just I, administratively, I guess, it sort of sits in a bracket where people end up, I think, probably find it more difficult um at that stage to get any support um because i've always sort of said oh well depending on where you are you can point to different things like colleges should all have like well-being services and nurses yeah. and stuff like that unis are usually you don't know what kind of quality the service is but they will have to have someone there you've got student union and in workplaces yeah. um you hope that people would have that sort of provision in the workplace but again it all comes back to uh, the service is there but you don't know how good it is and it's really hard to get someone to sort of recognize actually the service you get might not be good enough and to be able to go oh this isn't working for me I need to go somewhere else is near impossible because you're still working on trying to get them to come forward let alone go oh that one didn't quite work for me um and it is interesting the amount of people that go oh i went along to like the assessment or whatever and yeah we didn't really get on and say no i didn't go back like oh 
the assessment probably isn't even with the person that you would be with. Exactly. Um... No, I know. <laughs> Normally it isn't, is it? It's, no. it's just that... But then they should be having people there that are welcoming. They shouldn't be having people. But then I guess that you don't know whether no. that person's just having an off day or whether. And it could be. Yeah, it's just you, two people. You can't that read don't a mesh. person in like. Yeah, you can't read a person in like an hour. Mm. Like it, it doesn't work like that. And so, yeah. I, but then, at the same time, if if a person is going to seek help and they feel vulnerable, mm. and then they meet someone who isn't actually that welcoming, they're not going to want to go back. No. So I I do get why, and it's really hard to rationalise, I guess, in a person to rationalise in their head that actually this isn't this isn't the way it 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 might not be the way that the rest of the time with this service is going to go, but it's yeah it it's a hard one it's really difficult but i think i think there's sort of i don't know if market's the right word because i don't think they should be making money off of it but there's kind of a a need for a service that runs 18 to 25 or 18 to 35 or whatever but in probably 25 would be better because that's kind of what's known as sort of the young people period isn't it so that that would be ideal if they had a service and they probably do in some counties but it's not across the whole country i wonder if that's where Um, you're starting to get more of the um like the online counseling and stuff that you can do through apps and things like that yeah but the thing is that's not ideal is it that's I guess it depends on the person as well. I don't, I don't know, because it's hard. Because even, like you say, say you go along to your assessment or your meeting or whatever, and the, say it's you and me. So I'm sat down and I'm disclosing to you, and um, you do all the nice things like you've got out the good biscuits and the juice and whatever, and um, all the luxury stuff. And uh, we've sat down, we've had a chat, like you've listened to me, you've given me some information to go away and like have a look at that might be useful or whatever. And you've done everything that you should and that you can do. Um, and from your point of view, the conversation's gone great, like the interaction was really good, blah, 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 blah. But I could still walk away from that and go, oh, I just, I'm worried about like I've disclosed to that person and maybe I didn't feel like we connected as much as we could have or I just don't yeah. feel like she understood that bit when I was talking about whatever and I think it's also acknowledging that like everything can go perfectly and can be as well I don't know about perfect can go as well as it can um and it's just sometimes someone's reaction to it or interpretation can be very different to someone else's um and that might even be part of their illness as well um you you don't know and I think that's an important thing to kind of have in there to to some extent I guess yeah with the online stuff that we started to mention, I think you're, it's, it just it so depends on what the person wants because some people just want to... Um, I think some people do just want to un- unload. They just need someone to listen to them. They need... It's not even really attention. It's just being able to kind of share with someone. And I think that's where the online stuff works really well. Where it doesn't quite hit for me is I personally i more need that interaction i need it to be two-way i need to be able to sort of see someone's face so do i um i yeah i need that and i remember when i was looking at 
some of the support that I got offered and there were like three different strands so you had the um, like the online the face-to-face or group stuff um, and the face-to-face stuff you're told straight away look that's you're going to wait six plus months for that um, so you're looking at kind of the group stuff which you could wait a couple of weeks for and get get on board straight away um, or you could do stuff online and I was like the online stuff is going to be absolutely useless to me I was like anything that I would benefit from online I already have like I already know people that talk openly about mental health that I can kind of talk and chat to yeah so that kind of stuff I've already got what I need is like it's a person can, yeah I need the people and um even the group stuff for me like some of the practitioner stuff I was a bit like ah this I'm not really learning anything but just from going along and actually seeing there's other people and talking to them and kind of sharing our experience was really useful um so yeah. there will be different things that work for different people I guess yeah I mean I I was quite lucky because I only had really had one sort of bad experience with a professional mm. um well one one sort of relation relationship with a professional that just didn't work but she, I again she was one of the assessment people so it didn't really make much difference mm. and then one sort of moment with a GP that was a bit wobbly but mm. other than that I've always had like my CPN, for example, was I only saw her for six weeks because I moved up to Liverpool. So I literally got help just at the end of my sort of bit before I moved away, which is typical. Um, and then when I moved up to Liverpool, I had the same. So I got help just before I was moving back down south. <laughs> so, um, so but the, the person I had there, she was just amazing. She was so good. She was so open and honest and honest about her her own experiences as well without overshadowing me like I think that was really helpful to have Mm. someone who was kind of open about herself as well like that that to me is really important and in training we're kind of told as as nurses we're kind of told don't really share personal details and whatever Mm. and when I do youth work it's don't really share personal details whatever but I feel like that is the best way for me to get bonds with people. So in in my job as a play worker, although it's more of a youth worker now because I tend to only do the youth club, mm. but in my job as that, I'm the kids know, they know a lot about me without knowing a lot about me, if that mm. makes sense. So they know yeah. a lot about me, but they don't know the dark they don't know details. details but yeah. No, but, but the, I'm pretty open with them. Like... They know, they know I'm gay. They know whatever, like that. That's fine. Like, and I don't mind them knowing that. And I feel like that's a real, that's the way that I can help them. Because if then if they have any issues, like for example, there's one person at the moment who's having issues with mental health issues, and I'm working with them and talking to them about it mm. to try and, and and using the experience that I have to help them. And I think at the end of the day, I think a lot of sort of healthcare has moved from healthcare or even youth work or whatever, where you're interacting with people has moved 
away from personal stuff just because people even teaching teaching's the same people are scared people mm. are scared that it's going to get them in trouble mm. yet like my teachers were the best thing ever the best help ever like um there were like four four five in particular who were just amazing like gave up so much time for me and actually they probably shouldn't have because they probably <laughs> they they's probably not in their job description but they went above and beyond and I think I think yeah I just think the sort of personal humanness of things is slowly disappearing into just numbers and like I'm not going to disclose where but like in some places within healthcare you've got well in most in a lot of places in the NHS now you've got data analysts doing a lot of the jobs rather than people who are actually doing something human mm. so it's all looking at numbers and they they just focus on the numbers not on actually the quality anymore it's just numbers and numbers and money which is sad and it's the same in teaching and anywhere else really they're just trying to it's grades or it's or it's numbers of whatever or it's money and it's just getting to a point where the human sort of touch has disappeared I and i kind of it's trying to find that argument isn't it because i know right at the beginning when you were talking about uh going in and doing like the house checkups on the new mums or the mums to be and stuff like that yeah. and um financially the the benefit of going in and finding early doors if there's anything that they're struggling with or or potentially it's symptoms yeah. that show signs that they might do um and financially that makes sense but also humanly isn't a word is it yeah but yeah. <laughs> also no, that, no but that that's the perfect word that yeah. to me that's the perfect word and showing yeah. that actually uh, where those two can can align or someone actually happen to be a bit of a an argumentative person at the beginning but actually being able to back it up and go look this is what we want to do this is why we want to do it and actually this is to the benefit of us as a business or us financially yeah. and and also us just as humans like this is the best thing to do um and i think with some of the stuff that you mentioned about the teachers and things like that again yeah if it's not part of their job role um sometimes they almost i don't know you're almost safer in some of those situations because they can honestly go look this is just this is what i think or um yeah. i'm not talking to you as a professional i'm talking to you just as a person to a person and saying do you know what like the this is something that we can talk about um and i think my experience is that's why particularly in education but i guess in most fields um things like mental health or and again in my experience sexual health those two things aren't spoken about because people think you have to be an expert and you have to know loads of stuff and yeah great if you do but actually a lot of it is about just having a conversation and if you don't know you really... that's completely okay <laughs> like you're there as yeah, a you know, friend or or a teacher or whoever you're not there as a, a nurse or a sexual health person or a mental no. health you're just there as a person yeah exactly you don't you don't have to be an expert on either of those things because i i've um i'm really interested in sort of the sexual health side of things as well and mm. i i 
yeah i just no you you don't have to be an expert you've just you all are human you all have lived experiences and they're really important but you in fact they're probably more important than what you're going to get in a textbook which is what an expert has read Mm. so and i'm not slating them and it did sound a bit like i was them but i'm not slating them i'm not saying they're not important because they are but if you don't have the access to that person then you just need the people around you to be open and honest about things yeah. and be able to talk about things and yeah it's i completely completely agree mm. and um that was a point uh, from earlier and I can't think of what it is but <laughs> see I've yeah. had that too many times that's why I try and remember the notepad now <laughs> I know it was something to do with professionals but I can't I can't think of what it was, it was probably thoughtful um and insightful. pardon it was thoughtful and insightful I'm sure oh I know what it was to do with so when we were on about the sort of it was to do with the money thing so oh, yeah, yeah when i when i said about um us going in earlier to sort mm-hmm. of prevent it later on people because that will ve- eventually be cut i can see the direction that's going in but people because they don't realize they want instant results so they want their money increased instantly so they don't look at the long term effect of it they think if we cut this primary um, primary thing here then we'll get money straight away yeah but they don't then think oh well, years down the line they're going to yep. be coming back to us with worse problems that are going to require more money mm. so they they want the instant results straight away and not the sort of they don't look at it long term whereas i've spent a lot of time on this placement looking at things as a long-term thing and going well what's the effect of this down the line because that's I think yeah I think people don't don't realize it and don't think about it and um, especially when you're talking about with parents as well I not knowing a lot about this area I would imagine you're not actually looking that far down the line you're probably looking about a no, year you're not. <laughs> like yeah, we're exactly. not talking you're... about sometimes with children it's harder because it's like well, we're talking about yeah. in 10 20 30 years but yeah. when you're talking about new parents or potential parents you are talking about sort of the six six months to two years window. Which, yeah, exactly. Like... Exactly. That's so they say that sort of postnatal depression sort of you sort of notice it at sort of six weeks. Um that can be sort of when it starts emerging. Mm. But so that would be the time that you'd want to kind of nip it in the bud. But yeah, it would be sort of it could be like the max of two years before anything really occurs. Yeah, I that's that's definitely true. It's not actually that far down the line. Mm. It, whereas with children, obviously, like you said, it could be could be quite a lot further. But yeah, with with mums, it's not. And it can be horrific postnatal mm. depression it could be hideous it can be postnatal psychosis it it and it doesn't just just and i mean mental illnesses don't tend to do this anyway but it really doesn't just just destroy and risk her life it mm. risks her child as well so 
There's two mm. lives there, potentially her family it affects them, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. Her partner, whatever. So you're affecting so many people. I just <laughs> I just don't see how they can't see the benefits of mm. of this early intervention stuff and why they don't just go, This is what we need across the board everywhere. Mm. This is important, we need to keep it. Yeah, exactly. Um so one of the other things, or the only other thing, I think, um, I noted down was also the thing that you mentioned. I've spoken a little bit about this a couple of times, which is self-stigma. Um, yes. And I think it's really important because we talk so much now, which is great, about stigma generally. Um, and what we, we feel is kind of put on us or that we receive from other people. Yeah. And I kind of feel, I felt for a while um, that actually I... I while I do feel that, I think I probably feel like I suffer more from self-stigma than actual stigma. Yeah, um, so do I. <laughs> and I just, I do yeah. find it interesting that it's never really, I don't really see it being spoken about that much. Like it's, it's kind of like it is here. Like it's usually tagged on the end of a conversation and someone brings it up and there's a little bit of a discussion about it. But um, yeah, I definitely feel like it, it is more and I don't know if this comes maybe because we are a bit more aware and we're involved in sort of campaigns and conversations and things but yeah I do feel like it's it's more me that says you shouldn't be doing that why are you doing that or someone's not going to like you because you do that than anyone else is doing at all (laughs) but then but then you do have to think where did that thought come from in the first place is that because of the stigma that so so Mm. is your self stigma kind of fueled by originally the stigma that you've seen around I mean it might not be and I sometimes think maybe I mean partly maybe mine is but partly also maybe I've just made it up which is a possibility and yeah I I definitely at the moment it is much more of me stigmatizing myself than actually Mm. experiencing it anywhere I bet you if I went into uni on Monday and said this is what's been happening Mm. they wouldn't turn around and go I'm going to kick you off the course like I keep thinking they're going to do but (laughs) but I've got that thought in my head that's like you're a, you're a nurse you can't be like this you've got to be normal and yeah. i hate the word normal but you've got to be functioning and well mm. and normal and not like you don't want to get out of bed in the morning mm. like so yeah no i i feel like self stigma is probably my biggest issue and <laughs> but there's kind of no getting away from that like how do you destroy your own self stigma like i don't feel like <laughs> it's possible but i guess i guess it's like anything else it's a slow gradual thing isn't it of yeah of doing the the, like you talk about mental health more you talk about your own experience and you help support other people and then through doing that you actually recognize some of the journeys that they've taken is maybe some of the support they've accessed is something you can access or actually the positive response that they get is something that you might get as well if you spoke about certain things or and I think especially in um not necessarily your role but roles similar to to yours where actually you're helping to signpost other people or or mention or talk about different services um and different types of support and be very not just aware that if someone else came forward but justifiably and correctly think that they would actually be received positively and like actually yeah like great stuff for talking about what you're struggling with and here's like some support or 
actually so-and-so is also struggling with something like why don't you sit down and have a chat or do you want to have a chat with me type thing yeah um for some reason um and we could probably talk for another hour as to why we think this um we just don't align those thoughts when it's ourselves um no we're the biggest hypocrites yeah I just I we are the biggest hypocrites. <laughs> I can't agree more. <laughs> we we're we're horrendous because if, if a child or if if an adult, but well, I don't deal with adults, but hypothetically, if an adult was sat in in one of the bays in a hospital, mm. feeling the way that I feel or whatever, and having experiences that I'm having, mm. I would be so kind to them and understanding and sympathetic and nice and I wouldn't say to them oh well you're a useless piece of crap like you can't Mm. do you you're not functioning how Mm. on earth are you a human like what are you even doing like all all of that all of the things I say to myself yeah but yeah when that's just the way that's the way that we're built which seems a bit odd because it's not very um it's not a very good survival technique, is it? But that's that's the way that we're we're built. Apparently. I'm sure if you'd have completed that um, philosophy, you could have told us more about why we think that. That would have been really. Yeah, handy. I wish. I mean, if you'd have only put in another couple of years, we could have had another ten minutes. I know. <laughs> I, like that I know. It would have been worth the thousands of pounds of investment. I should have looked at that as a, like a future thing. I should have gone looked ahead and gone, well, if if yeah, I I'd, stay here, I can I can have a conversation with a person I've not even I don't <laughs> even know. Yeah, <laughs> about this. That's so worth it. Um, I think I I think there's a couple of things that'd be really interesting to talk more about, but I feel like I'm gonna we're not gonna do them justice by trying to cram them in now. Um, so okay. it'd be really nice, like, another time to maybe come back and touch on a couple of topics. Um, yeah, definitely. A little bit more, and some that we haven't really spoken about at all. But I think I, I'd i like to think that someone that's kind of listened and heard a little bit about your story would also feel more able to talk about their own experience as well and kind of recognise that people are affected in different ways by by different things. And we've not gone into depth about um your your mental health and your mental health illness and even just talking generally i think there's loads of information and kind of positive messages there and actually the importance of carrying on and looking for the new thing that's going to work for you and being able to judge and reflect properly um but i also hope that for for you having spoken a little bit about it that some of it felt like it was harder to say than other bits so I hope that it feels like it's good that you're able to talk about um some of the things that we usually talk about in like text form through twitter or whatever to actually say some of it aloud is really really difficult um and I can't tell you how much easier I find to type some things than say them um definitely to to the extent where I, I've done some blog posts before where I started using like a dictate app and I was like I, I can't even I, even at home on my own I was like I can't say this stuff you can't even say it no, no. I was like I can type I remember... it but I can't say it 
Um, yeah, this wasn't kind of, this wasn't mental health related, but I remember, I guess in a way it was, but I was coming out to my best friend and I sent her a text. I was sat opposite her at the coffee table, but I sent her a text mm. because I couldn't, ju- I couldn't say it. Mm. So I, I completely understand that. Yeah, I, I completely think... get it. It's just sometimes easier that way. Yeah, and it's having the people around you that can also sort of support that and understand that sometimes and go, yeah, it would be really nice to sit here and have a conversation about it, but I, I just, I don't feel able to, or I'm not ready to, or I just don't want to. Um and and that's got to be okay and i think that's really important as well so i want to say a big thank you to you for not just coming on but also sharing your story as well and um sharing it in a way that i want to hear more oh thank <laughs> um, you so that's that's been really really good and I, I hope that um when you were talking earlier about not knowing whether to kind of come forward and ask for different types of support and help as well that um whatever you decide to do i hope it's it's a case of you deciding actually this is what i want to do rather than feeling like you can't access some of that stuff and if you decide it's not for you that's completely okay and some of it could be awfully crap so that's not a problem but it's it's important that it's a decision that you're making not feeling like oh i can't do that because that won't happen and you've even spoken since you said it about if someone else came forward the the way that you would react and that most people are probably going to react would be positive and supportive so hopefully you're able to take that away as well yeah hopefully 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 it's good we'll we'll go with hopefully we'll go with hopefully yeah (laughs) yes it's it's a an honest answer as well i don't you know that yeah bullshit of yeah okay i'll do it i'll do it yeah get get to tomorrow night fuck fuck that mic (laughs) i'm not doing none of that shit Yeah, um, I'm not going to lie. I'm not... <laughs> <laughs> um, we didn't even, I'm just realising now, as I'm like, oh, let's round up. Um, I said to you at the beginning, we're going to talk about the first time we met and we haven't even spoken about that. <laughs> oh, no. That was going to be like a little intro. It'll have to be the intro next time. Um, yeah. It's been really cool talking to you, Abby. Um, if people want to find out a little bit more about you, um, where can they find you if they want to sort of find out a bit more about Abby? So I've got a Twitter account which can which shows the definitely the ups and downs. So I'm just pre warning. <laughs> um called Abby Volunteers, but it's A B B I E Volunteers. And then I do and then on that Twitter account there is a link to my blog. So if you just go on there, it's the link to my blog is there somewhere. So yeah click on that and have a look there's not much on there at the moment because i've fallen a bit behind on the old blog post writing you must be coming but... up to exams and revision and stuff like that though, so oh, well i finished exams i've done exams so oh. it's not even that i haven't even got that excuse it's just what? motivation and what, what on earth do i write about but oh, okay. <laughs> well you could write about surviving your first podcast i think Yes, I could do that. Definitely, maybe do that. <laughs> a definitely, maybe is a step up from a maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Oh dear, no, it's been lovely talking to you, and um, we'll definitely try and organise a- another time to go through um, and have another chat as well. That'd be amazing. Thank Ooh, you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.
these are real people. They have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves. I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. She's not a great match for me, and that's okay. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so they can't appreciate me. Dad came upstairs, and then I heard them say, like, it's happened. And I was like, what's happened? It's difficult dealing with our minds. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. I feel like a lot of the friends that I did have have sort of stopped speaking to me because of it. And the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. Not only did this help me to like it, mm. it potentially might have helped some other people as well, so it sort of started from there. And then she was like, can you tell me a bit about what's going on? And so I told her everything, and her face dropped. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. I mean, this, this, this shit is real, and it's hard, it's exhausting. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it, and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave, or I could relate to that, um, and then they want to talk about it.